Welcome to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Uh, my guest today uh, is is really, really cool. I met him at a um, a size con, which is something that was on the podcast last season, and it's one of the more popular episodes. A lot of people had written in and um, wanted to learn a little more about it, so... Um, I think, you know, we had, we had a guest last year or last season that was, um, really good at explaining, um, his, uh, well, what, what, how he liked it and how, you know, how he got into it and stuff. But now, um, now we have Chris, I want Chris to, uh, to join the conversation. Um, and, and let's see where we go from there. Let's, let's find out some more and let's explore. Uh, so Chris, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. No problem. How are you? Uh, great. This is very exciting. I like love talking about this stuff and it doesn't happen that often. So like, yeah, let's jump into this. Okay. So, um, real quick before we get there, how has, uh, how has COVID or the pandemic or sheltering in place treat, uh, treated you? Um, I mean, I'm doing okay. It's actually, it, I mean, it's, it impacts everybody, right? Obviously. But, um, actually like we met at SizeCon this past February and that ended up impacting me a hell of a lot more than COVID did. So, um, of just being able to be at that event and being connected to all those people. Um, and so it actually like, done some changing in my career around that i mean it, it's been it's been a very big impact so um it was very interesting i've I've been to a lot of conventions i've been to sex conventions and all that stuff what i what i took away from it uh especially the the last meeting that we had was it's a very close-knit community but also not guarded in a negative way but they're very protective of one another and i think that was really really cool to see with that being said, you are part of this community. When did you first get this idea? Like, wow, I'm, I am attracted to people who, or, or the idea of people who are bigger than I am. Well, and, and so that's why I think it's cool to be able to talk about it. Um, like there's a huge sexual component of it for me and there's a, there's a big component component that's not. Um, and so like when you talk about like when I first like had my first memories of it, like we're talking before kindergarten, like <laughs> we're going back to the beginning. Um, and like, like my first memory was like, um, like, I, I think it was based from like an Indiana Jones movie where they're like running from like a giant boulder, but I'm like playing with a toddler toy, which got like a little like ball that you pop in and it rolls through the chamber. And I was just like, I want to be small in this and I want someone to be toying with me in this, in this contraption. And like, I wanted it. And then, it, and then it just went from there. And it just like was something I was thinking about all the time. Um, and, and of course, like for lots of people, like it got sexual as, as I got older. Um, but but it definitely didn't start there, and it's and that's not the only part of it. Although it's definitely a big part of it. Do you find that you can pull easily from uh, things that are in the mainstream that other people would not really think of? Yeah, every day for um, the last thirty years of my life. I don't know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> sure can. The more I watch stuff, and the more I see things, the more I, I, I was watching an episode of uh the simpsons with my partner the other day and i was like wow like this whole episode is about size difference and macro it's got so many things written all over it i would also say though at the more i've learned about other like um kink communities and fetish communities the more i see that in media too so like it, it's it's everywhere <laughs> what do you what do you think that is do you think that's like people that are interested in this stuff putting it in 
uh, subconsciously or do you think it's just um, like people that fetishize or fantasize about this? Do you think that it's just like a byproduct? I mean, it's hard to say for sure. Um, but I, my opinion is that it's, it's, it's a little of both. Um, and, and, but also the way that people engage with their size interests is on such a large spectrum that like, you know, it's, it's impossible to think that there aren't people that are kind of into it or think it's kind of cool. And then people who like me, who maybe have been thinking about it every day of their life. (laughs) So when we, um, before we go and and flip the narrative on it or change the narrative on it, or, you know, provide a different perspective, I want to ask you. When it comes to sexualizing it for you, what is an example of where you would have to go or how you would have to go in order to be like, you know, okay, well, I can get into this. Like, I'm, I'm basically just asking you what... Um, like what my size interests are. Well, not only that, but like maybe an example of something that you would consider like, oh, wow, this is, this is going to do it for me. First off... I want to try to respect my own boundaries on this. So sometimes I can be like, I'm just going to throw it all out to the world and like, like have no abandon. But I've kind of, as I've engaged with this more, I've learned to like, um, have some negotiation with myself around that. But I am also open to sharing more than maybe, um, some individuals. So, I, I don't mind talking about this at all, um, but I will just name that I will be like respecting some of those boundaries for me. Um, I think I think it's a moving target. I think that my size interests are changing all the time, and I'm finding new things that I'm into, and and it's not it's not like a static thing. That being said, like for me, like feeling smaller than is a huge thing for me, um, or feeling like around like larger than. So that can be um, people's heights. That can be um, people describing a scenario of someone who's very small or, or like all of the, the thousands upon thousands of examples you can find out in the media and commercials and books and movies, right? You've got like, like there's that whole, I, I think about like sometimes like what is like size history, right? And you can, I mean, you can find like references in the Bible of the giant hand of God coming down, or you can go to like the, oh, the voyage of Lilliput with all the little people. And, and there was even this great moment I remember in my British literature class where like the, professor is is talking about this scene in the book where he's standing over the giant people and they're parading underneath him and they have a moment where they look up and the the author just describes like being able to that there's a hole in his pants and they're just all in awe of the manhood above them and it's like for me like those moments are like oh gosh like that how can I not how could that person not be seeing that in a sexual light like it's just it's hard to think that it might be there, there might be that level of innocence there in some of those moments. And I've had a few of those engaging in content that I, that I witness out in the world, but there's, there's so much of it. I mean, you could spend a whole podcast just talking about it. So do you, do you find yourself spending um, more time in your head or can you actually, um, like you said, like see anything in the mainstream? Well, I think, um, I think it's like, and I've talked a lot about this at SizeCon, and I mean, I brought my husband there, and he's six foot seven, and that's a pretty big deal to me. So there's a lot of ways that it exists in reality, too, right? Like, I can just be around his very large shoes or clothing, and like that can be um, exciting in its own way. Um, so there's like ways that it 
for me. For some folks, it, like, is totally fantasy, doesn't exist in the real world at all, and can't. And for me, like, there's a lot more, um, more ver- uh, openness there, and there's a lot more um, spectrum. Ex- excuse my ignorance in that also. I'm so- I-, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, like the minute I think of it, the the, the textbook definition of, of what macro or, or a size difference fantasy would be, I automatically, like a number of 75 feet tall comes into my head. And then I met some people who also were, you know, we're talking galactic size. So I, I have to remember to start thinking it can be seven feet tall. It can be six feet six. It can be six feet seven. Cause it does, cause you know, that is possible. It does yeah. happen. Well, and I've um, experienced a, a, a trend in the community of when you know very few members of the community, it's really easy to get to know their individual experiences and then assume that upon the wider community. And then when you actually go to SizeCon and you engage with that community, you find that, that massive spectrum of so many things you didn't even know um, fit into that umbrella. And it's, it's really wonderful, um, is, is really the only way I can describe it. Is it you, you find all these connections with people that you never knew you could experience. And, and one thing I noticed um, with a lot of the comments that I got for the last podcast we did... Um, was this idea of coming out or talking about, um, you know, you, what you're into with, with family, friends. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that and maybe possibly your experience with that? I can definitely talk about that. So I, I, um, I, I've had the, um, the opportunity to engage with a lot of folks from the community in a, a variety of different ways, most of them digitally, but also getting to attend SizeCon a couple of times and really getting to meet people in person. Um, and I haven't found a lot of people that come out to more of their, <laughs> their world um, than myself. So I, I think I tend to be a little bit of an exception when it comes to that. Um, but I, um, I've done a lot of really intentional work, I think, trying to be myself in all the ways that feel, um, feel safe and feel comfortable and feel, um, validating for like who I am and how I exist in the world. Um, and that doesn't, you know, um, broach those boundaries for me personally. So I have, um, I found a lot of different strategies for coming out in that experience. Like, for example, when I was first coming out and I, I hadn't met anyone, I'd never talked about it before, I didn't really know or have any connection to any community whatsoever, um, it was really just this really shameful experience and this really terrifying experience. And I'd just be like, you know, sobbing my eyes out and like, I have this horrible thing that I can never live out in the real world and I'm just going to be in, in torture all my life wanting to, you know, engage with giants that don't exist and all of this, all of this narrative that I had built up. And, um, and, and that like, like concerned friends or people that I had talked to who also just didn't know what to do and had never heard of anything like this. Um, and as I've gotten, I've engaged with more community and I've found there's other ways to talk about it rather than just talking about my individual size interests that I can, I can talk about being a part of the size community, being part of a, a fetish community or, um, or I can talk about the conference that I had a chance to present at. Or I can talk about 
the people that I meet with over Skype who share really intimate things. And like, without having to go into all that detail and into all of that, what some people have sometimes told me is an overshare. Um, and, and I really like being able to find ways where I'm not having to do that oversharing, but also get to still be myself and get to still like find those um, avenues to be seen and, and like basically just exist in. Well, I'm, I'm just curious. I know I spoke to your partner while we were in uh, a size con. Well, first of all, is, is this the first partner that you've had that you've shared it with your size fantasies and stuff? Or have you been in relationships before where this has come up? So the relationship I'm in now, we've been together like almost, we're getting really close to 10 years, which is exciting. Um, and so I, I haven't been in uh, any long-term relationships that look like this before, really. That being said, um, before we met, I did have this feeling, this like need almost to, um, I felt an obligation whenever I was engaging in, in a relationship or even dating with folks, um, and things were getting, I know, somewhat more intimate, that I always felt the, the, the obligation to disclose this part of myself, almost like an explanation. Um, I think it's worth noting, I also, like, identify with on the spectrum of asexuality. So, for me, they were very interrelated. So I, so when I would engage with people, I was almost like an excuse. It was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to want to do those things because I'm into this size stuff. So you should know that. And <laughs> this is my way of like excusing myself from that. Um, uh, which I think is, is not how I would engage with it now. Um, because I've, I've learned a lot more than, than I did back then. But, um, but I definitely have always, I haven't had an issue ever sharing it with an intimate partner. Very nice. Yeah. Um, family? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did have like shared, um, things with family. Um, honestly, I've kind of let them also dictate how much they want to know, um, and, and determine like what is, what's important for them to know and what's not. So, um, they know that it's really important to me that I engage with this community and do work around this community. Um, and they don't know any of the specifics of what I'm into. And if they want to, I'll probably share it with them, but I'll let them ask rather than me um, putting that on them. So you're not like walking around like, oh, wow, look at that big footer. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> no, if you knew me, that would be the last thing I would ever do. I am, when it comes to moments like that, I am I am tight-lipped and you are not getting a peep out of me. I, I equate that with... Yeah, like there are people out there that are like, damn, look at that ass or damn, look at the, yeah, it doesn't happen <laughs> in this situation. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So you went to SizeCon. You've been a part of the community. Where, whereabouts? Like on the internet, I know that there's a trove of stuff that you can find. I can, I can kind of go into that story a little bit. So I'll try to give you a, a bridged version here. But, um, I think for me, like this has been something I've been thinking about for a lot of years. And, um, to the point that, that before I was even engaging with the community, I was wanting to do, um, you know, I was having my own like coming out experiences, but something wasn't like totally there. Cause I wasn't finding this like space to talk about fetish or to, to, to exist as like my like size enthusiast that I am. Right. And, um, and so I really wanted to do work around that and learn about that and like try to get to know it better. Um, and so when I was actually in grad 
school, um, I ended up doing my like final project, kind of exploring this topic, which was terrifying because it meant I had to come out to like a number of faculty and then like sit in front of this like board of people while they judged whether my work was academic or not, talking about macrophilia and talking about this this topic. And so, um, and it's funny to me too to look back on on that work and read it and be like, wow, like. I've learned so much since then. <laughs> like my, my the knowledge I had then was really was really limited and lacking. Because um, I think that was the year before uh, the first New York City meetup started happening. Okay. And so then, and this was about like six years ago or so. But anyways, after after I saw those meetups um, happening, and I'm in upstate Vermont, it wasn't really easy for me to get down there. I was super jealous of it. So I decided to to create a, a Skype group where people could come together over Skype and talk about it face to face. And that was huge for me. Like I learned so much from that and actually got my access to community through that way. Um, and, um, and met some really amazing people who have taught me so much just about myself. Um, and, um, and, re- and, and just folks that I really feel uh, a connection with. And, um, and that, I, that was awesome and amazing. And, um, and from there, like I, once SizeCon was happening, I did everything I could in my power to get myself down there. And we've attended it twice in person now, which was really, really awesome. And, um, and now with COVID going on, um, the last SizeCon actually was at the start of August and that was a fully digital con. So right now they are happening in the digital world. Um, and I'm having the, the privilege to get to, um, take some ownership over the socials at SizeCon where folks are meeting each other face to face and having a facilitator and engaging with each other in these um, really meaningful and like connecting ways that I think is one of the most important parts of engaging with this community um, for those of us who who have these experiences. Okay, so size difference. First and foremost, uh, you said macrophilia. There's macrophilia, macro, size enthusiast. There's a couple of different ways um, I can say it and we can introduce it to people who wouldn't know. What's your favorite way or what's your, what's your, um, yeah, what's the favorite? So, it, to respond to this, <laughs> what I'm going to say is, um, I'm actually hoping and planning to do, um, a, um, like a size lingo panel, um, at the next size con to talk more about the language. Cause it is a big topic, like a really big topic. And I, I think, I think what's important around it is, you know, language is this living thing, right? That's changing over the course of history that changes as people like reclaim words, like the word queer, you know, there's lots of language that has changed over time and that different populations of people use in different ways. And that is very true of the size community from what I've experienced. So like, um, back when I was in grad school, I had never heard the word size community before. And now it, it has a lot of meaning to me. And it, and it's become something that I feel like very comfortable using. Um, but I, I didn't until meeting other people in that community. Um, I also think one of the really cool things about size community, um, and, and the folks that have really, uh, created SizeCon and, and set this really strong, um, uh, leadership and tone in the in the spaces is that 
Um, they've made a real conscious decision to make this as inclusive a space as possible. Um, and that means bringing in anyone who, um, who sees themselves as fitting under an umbrella of size interests and size community. And that's a lot of people that, that macrophilia doesn't always, um, capture. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I think I see that, that term being used a lot and why I'm loving it too, because I, I happen to like inclusion a lot. So <laughs> on that same subject, um, yeah. What I did notice at SizeCon is there was a lack in the size community of um, gay uh, gay stuff. Uh, I know there was a couple of panels, and I know that some of the people that went were gay. And I do know that um, uh, macro does involve, is it predominantly hetero, or would you say there's a mixture of a, a little bit of everything? So I would say that as far as I'm aware, no one's done any formal research on this, right? Um, but I do think that um, my experiences with this size community have been that it's a pretty good representation of the entire world's population. So, you know, we live in a world that is predominantly heterosexual. So my experience is that that a lot of size enthusiasts are predominantly heterosexual. And I see tons of trans representation, tons of folks from all sorts of different racial backgrounds, all sorts of countries of origin, all sorts of religions and ways of being and thinking. I mean, um, you've got folks across the political spectrum. You've got folks across all sorts of different identities. Um, and, and yes, like, some folks aren't going to feel as comfortable in these spaces as others um, for a variety of different reasons. And I think um, I think the the mission of trying to make it as inclusive a space as possible, which is extremely challenging, as, <laughs> as hopefully anyone who's tried to do that knows. Um, but but I, I really um, I really value and honor like that hard work that's been done to try to do that. Um, and I think that you can see a lot of success at SizeCon too. Are you going to see everyone included and represented there? No. Like, and, and is there any space where you can say that? <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Um, but, but I do think it really tries its best to get as many folks there as possible. It's young too. It's, it's what, how many, how many has there been like four or five? Or? I, I think, um, I think it's been four in person. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's you know, I it's it's building. It is. I think you know, it it's, and it does take a good amount of time. And um, the fact that it's it's the fourth one, um, it was pretty well put together. I mean, I you know, it was it was contained. Uh, everybody was having fun. It was at the hotel in New Jersey, of all places. I love it. I'm like I'm like here in my backyard. Okay, <laughs> cool. It's uh, I found out that and. There's another sex expo and then another leather expo and all that that happened uh, all in Edison, New Jersey, believe it or not. <laughs> um, that's that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, I, I know that it sucks for you because you have to travel too much. But One thing I'll say, um, I oh, I actually have the the map from SizeCon actually in my house like so there was a map at the front table where folks like pinned in where they were traveling from i was not the furthest by far i mean you had people coming from germany japan um spain the uk like 
uh, folks from coming from California. We had so much Southern California in New Jersey for that weekend. It was awesome. Like, but but uh, folks travel. Folks make this a priority because it's such a big, it's such a meaningful um, part of of many of our lives that that folks are willing to make the sacrifices to be there to build those connections because that's how important and meaningful it is. Now tell me, you're working on um, something called Size Camp. I am. I am. So I have this, um, it, it's, I, I'm going to call it a dream right now. Um, but, but my, the, the dream for me, um, I really want to craft. So I, I've seen this, this community grow a little bit over time now. And, um, and I have a lot of pride in it. I have a, a lot of, um, I, I think, uh, I, I feel very connected to a lot of folks that have these size experiences. Um, and, um, and I've also been a person who's worked in a lot of camps, um, some queer camps, um, some really non-traditional camp spaces where folks um, from different identities and, and backgrounds get to connect. And um, and I see a lot of parallels between um, what I see happening in the size community and what I've seen in, in um, camps for queer youth and other spaces that are very identity-based. Um, and so I would love to see there be um, more opportunities for folks to gather um, around these identities and, and just get to make space to exist. Um, because I think that just doesn't happen a lot. There aren't a lot of spaces where you get to have this conversation and talk this openly um, and, and talk knowing that there isn't necessarily going to be judgment coming back um, and, and being able to talk without fear. Um, a lot of the folks that I've had the opportunity to talk with um, in some of the Skype spaces I've made have been have been verbalizing these things for the first time in their lives. And it's so um, it's so wonderful to get to see that because so much of their story comes pouring out and they, they have so much to say. And you just see people light up because it's it's. I mean, I, I know it myself. Like, I was sitting on these thoughts and feelings for many years without saying anything and, and not even having language um, to make sense of it, um, which I think uh, I think is an experience a lot of people can relate to. Um, and um, and this is one that, that getting access to that language, getting access to knowing you're not the only person, you're not the only one, there are other people that feel this too, is such a transformational experience. Um, and, and I, I think that a lot of others, um, can name this as well. And, and, um, and would, you can, you can see it from the quotes. If you just go onto the SizeCon website, um, you know, it kind of speaks for itself, but, uh, I think that creating even more spaces to building intentional community, to having folks together, um, is a really transformational thing. Um, and so if there's an, any way that I can make a camp happen, um, I, I want to make that happen. And I've been in conversations with um, some campgrounds. COVID is definitely putting a halt to this at the moment. You really can't go to camp during COVID. So, um, so I, I might be on hiatus for a bit. But I know um, it's a project that I'm, I'm committed to and going to um, do everything in my power to make happen. Um, but, uh, but I think also what's, what's important to name here, um, one of the ways I've seen this community, um, and particularly I've seen online more of the um, queer male community, which, um, you know, it's almost like its own website. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that I, I, it's, I see a lot of ways in which folks engage with this just online um, and without bringing their, like, humanity into it. Um, and that when that happens, it's really easy, um, to be throwing away, like thinking about respecting people, respecting ourselves, um, 
engaging in like um, sexual arousal in ways that incorporate consent or can incorporate safety um, of of ourselves and others. Um, and uh, and that concerns me. Um, I think when we engage in this with with actual vulnerability, with actual accountability for our actions, um, without that anonymity of the online platform, that it totally flips the narrative and changes things and um, and does so for the better. I think um, I, I I think there's a lot of need for connection right now. I think a lot of people are feeling that um, you know for for more reasons than we have time to talk about. Um, and, and so for me, being able to create more spaces to build more of that types of connections, I think is a really transformative thing. Um, and so in any way I can be, I'm going to be a part of that <laughs> whenever I see the opportunity. Awesome. No, yeah, I've, you know, we've had conversations after, uh, meeting at SizeCon and you just sound like you're, you're, you know, that's it. You're going, you're going to it. <laughs> it's true. One last question that I have for yeah. you. Where would you like to see the size community in 10 years or even five years? I feel like there's so many ways it could go, right? And, and the thing I would want to see the most is not it be my vision, right? But be a shared collective vision of the folks that are a part of that community. Um, and so I would like to see the size community go in a direction that makes space for everyone in that community to exist without fear, without shame, without um, feeling that isolation, feeling that they're the only one with that experience. So um, I feel like I don't even want to set the vision. I, I, want, I want to see a community that sets that vision together. Um, names what its own needs are, which are going to be so varied, um, and, and is able to, um, to appreciate all of that diversity that exists within the community. Jeez. Good, good answer. That's amazing. Um, selfless too. Um, okay. So now comes the fun part. I want to know when people listen and, um, if they are not part of the community already, and want to be, or just want to reach out to you and maybe talk to you and stuff. Cause I've noticed that that's, that's happened a lot. And I, I know it's called demystifying gay porn, but you know, it's everything, as I've said once before, you know, if you fantasize about it and it's sexual and stuff, it could be anything. So I, I really like the fact that people are reaching out and, and have some place to go or, or somebody to talk to. So if that is the case, where can they reach you? Or how can they reach you? So right now, I have been um, helping connect some volunteers to SizeCon. Um, and I'm always needing more volunteers for this Size Camp project. So I would love to have people reach out for that if they have any interest in being involved. Um, I would direct them to um, thesizecommunity at gmail.com is one way they can reach me. Um, but I would also encourage them to, to engage with with the size con work too. Um, cause there's a lot of work that can be done there, um, in, in ways of doing outreach and ways of connecting, um, with, with new individuals. And, um, you can find, um, the size uh, com website and also the discord there is a great way to get connected. Um, in those, in those ways for anyone that wants to chat about this stuff, <laughs> like I said at the start, I am always happy to talk on this topic. Not always available, but um, but I'm more than happy to chat with anybody that wants to um, engage in this further. And so um, I always uh, invite folks to um, reach out uh, to that email as well if, if that's something of interest. 
Very nice. Thank you so much for your time. I absolutely appreciate it. Totally. Um, this was great. You continue to open my eyes, uh, the size community. Uh, so I absolutely appreciate that. Cool. And I'm glad that I'm able to share um, the community with, with listeners. Oh. If you like what you're listening to, please rate, like, and subscribe to any podcast directory that uh, you get your podcast from. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, you can click the like button. You can click the subscribe button. You can click the bell notification. And um, we're also on Pornhub now. I started putting the podcast on Pornhub. And the reason for that is I kind of want to make different videos with examples of what we're talking about with certain models and stuff if I've worked with them. Um, so it gives me leeway to do stuff that I can't do on YouTube. Uh, and we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, all that fun stuff. So you know, uh, if you Google Demystifying Gay Porn and IK Grande, it'll come up. Uh, once again, you've been listening to Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is IK Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers.